So, so far on this retreat, we've been working with a particular approach to the Brahma-Vihara practices using the method that's uh, most commonly taught in insight meditation retreats, in Western insight meditation retreats. This is what we've been doing uh, using these phrases, silently offering these phrases of well-wishing to the different categories of people. And in the spirit of exploration that I've been encouraging, this afternoon I wanted to offer a slightly different style of metta practice, which hopefully will be helpful and not confusing. And just to give a little bit of context about that before we move into it, although the Buddha himself really emphasized the um, importance of metta practice in so many of his teachings, actually of all of the Brahma-viharas, he didn't give a lot of technique, of actual technical instruction on how to do it, except for the kind of uh, instructions that we've been chanting every morning, which in summary are basically to abide with our hearts imbued with kindness, with metta, and then spread this kindness outwards to the north and the south and the east and the west, then above and below and all around to cover the entire world, which is very beautiful. And it starts with the assumption that we can just, okay, let's abide with our hearts imbued with metta, which for many people is quite a big assumption, at least for myself. And so perhaps that's why after the Buddha's lifetime, in the slightly later Buddhist tradition, they developed this method of reciting phrases, this technique of um, what we've been doing so far on the retreat. And there are benefits to that. Having words can be very helpful to remind us of the mind states that we're aiming for, the qualities of the heart-mind. The phrases give us something to do and they can help keep the attention focused. And because we're working with actual people, mostly that we know, it can feel more real and more relevant. And as with any method, any technique, all of them have their strengths and sometimes their challenges. So with this reciting phrases method, at times, and for some people it can feel like the, the words can get in the way occasionally. Some people find that they keep the attention at a maybe a more conceptual level. And at times it can be tiring to just keep coming back to the phrases, to the phrases, to the phrases. And inevitably, I think we've all experienced times when the phrases feel dry or mechanical. So this afternoon I wanted to offer a different method to really to play with, based on the instructions that we've been chanting every morning. And here we are invited to just imbue the heart-mind with metta and then pervade it in the four different directions, above, below, and all around. And I think of this as the radiating energy method. And although, as I just said, it can be challenging at first to connect with that initial impulse of metta in the heart and to feel imbued in it, once we have that connection going, it can be very simple, a very direct method of practice. It generally feels a little more embodied, 
um, because it doesn't involve the conceptual mind so much. For some people, it doesn't take as much effort. So this afternoon, I'd like to experiment with that, um, with those words from the sutta based on this uh, instruction that one dwells pervading one direction with his or her heart filled with goodwill. Likewise, the second, the third, and the fourth direction. So above, below, and all around, he or she dwells pervading the entire world everywhere and equally with one's heart filled with goodwill, abundant, grown great, measureless, free from enmity and free from distress. And the directions there are usually interpreted as being the four compass directions, so that not all of us know where north and south and east and west are, so I'll just say in front behind, to the right, to the left, and so on. And just for um, those who are in reclining posture, when I say in front, we can think of that as going along the body in the direction of the feet. And when I say behind, we can think of that as being behind our heads. The rest of it, I think, will be pretty self-explanatory. So the instructions I'll be offering are based on a way that the uh, monk Bhikkhu Analio presents this practice. And when he does it, he suggests that we start by just sort of flashing on a mental image, an archetypal image that naturally brings a sense of warmth, of open-heartedness. And he suggests using the image of a kitten, or perhaps if you're a dog person, a puppy, <laughs> or a baby. It's uh, it could be a generic image, just any kind of little baby or puppy or kitten, or it could be your own pet or uh, a child that you're close to. It could be an image of someone you don't know but who you feel embodies this quality of kindness, of these heart qualities. So, for example, perhaps His Holiness the Dalai Lama, or sometimes I think of Deepama, who Aaron referred to. I didn't know her personally, but... I've heard many stories about, from people who met her about how she just embodied this quality of loving kindness. So you can just choose some image that very immediately and directly and simply evokes this quality of metta for you. And then during the instructions from time to time, I'll invite you to just sort of flash on that image again to um, recharge the metta. So let's uh, give it a go and uh, begin as usual by just settling into a comfortable position. Just taking a moment to get a felt sense of the body as it's sitting or reclining. Simply bringing awareness to the body, however the body is arranged on the cushion or the bench, the chair or the mat. Coming home to the body. And taking a few moments just to scan through the body 
bringing awareness to those places of your own body where you tend to habitually hold tension. And inviting those muscles to soften. Inviting any tension to release. To relax. And then inviting the mindfulness to connect with the experience of breathing. Beginning with just that simple knowing that you're breathing in, knowing that you're breathing out. Wherever the physical sensations of the breath feel strongest and clearest for you. As the air comes into the body and is received, fills the body, knowing that you're breathing in, receiving oxygen, receiving life. And as you breathe out, knowing the air leaving the body, releasing what's no longer needed. Breathing in, breathing out, receiving and releasing. And then gently inviting the mindfulness to connect with the heart center, the center of the chest. And if it's helpful for a moment or two, you can place a hand on your own heart, connecting with your own warmth and aliveness. And then just for a moment, bringing to mind your meta image, either visually or as a felt sense or as some kind of memory, just flashing on this archetypal image of kindness.
noticing any response in the chamber of your heart. In imagining that chamber filled with softly glowing coals. Coals that are warm, glowing, suffused with metta energy. And as you flash on the metta image, perhaps these coals grow, glow just a little more brightly give off warmth just a little more strongly. Feeling into the energy of warmth, lightness, metta. However strong or faint it might be not forcing or straining, simply inviting this meta-energy into the heart center. seeing if it might perhaps begin to radiate just a little further beyond the heart center to expand through the body, to imbue the whole body with this energy of metta, warmth, kindness, Taking a moment just to flash on the image, your meta image, inviting the coals to glow just a little more brightly, the warmth to become just a little stronger. And then seeing if that energy can begin to radiate outwards in the direction in front of you. Perhaps just half an inch or so. Perhaps a little further. Perhaps a little further again. This energy of warmth and light. This energy of metta extending outwards in front of you, not forcing or straining, just feeling into how far it can go, how far this energy can radiate to the front. 
this energy rippling outwards and including all the living beings in the direction in front of you. And bringing the awareness back to the heart center for a moment. Flashing on your meta image. Fanning the warmth of the coals in the heart center. Seeing them brighten. Feeling them become warmer. Feeling this energy grow and expand and begin to radiate outwards now in the direction to your right. (coughs) Not forcing or straining. Just seeing how far this meta energy can be radiated to your right. Expanding outwards, including all living beings to your right. And then coming home to the heart center. Checking the temperature at the heart center. Flashing on the meta image. Evoking this quality of warmth and kindness. Feeling it grow. Becoming stronger and stronger and radiating out now in the direction behind you. Feeling this energy of warmth and light expanding outwards without forcing or straining, naturally expanding in the direction behind you.
And again, returning to the heart center for a moment. Sensing into the warmth there. Flashing on the meta image. Feeling the coals get a little warmer. Inviting that energy of metta to radiate out now in the direction to your left. Feeling this warmth and lightness, kindness rippling out to include all living beings to your left. And then returning home to the heart once more. Recharging the warmth there with your meta image. Stoking that warmth. Fanning the flames. And inviting this meta energy to expand and radiate upwards now. Upwards to the sky. Not forcing or straining. Just exploring how far this radiating meta energy can go. Including all living beings all the creatures of the air, extending warmth and kindness to all beings above. And again, returning to the heart center. Coming home to the natural warmth of the heart. Connecting with the meta image for a moment. Recharging that warmth. 
inviting it to radiate downwards now into the earth, however far that energy can radiate downwards to the depths, including all living beings in this direction, creatures of the earth. And bringing the awareness back to the heart center. Feeling the temperature of the coals. Flashing on the meta image. Fanning the flames. Inviting that warmth to radiate out now in all directions simultaneously so that you're sitting in a sphere of meta energy. Inviting it to expand and to ripple outwards. Perhaps just a few inches to begin with. And then just seeing if it can radiate out just a little further. Just a little further. To encompass the entire world. Sitting at the center of this sphere of kindness with a heart abundant, grown great, immeasurable, free from enmity. free from ill will, free. Thank you for your practice.
So we can have an optional few moments for questions, if there are any. If you would rather maintain the silence, we can take just a couple of minutes to allow you to leave, if you would rather stay with the silence. Okay. We'll just take a moment or two to let people leave. Was your question? I missed the last part, sorry. I'm going to sound like a broken record, explore and enjoy. So really the invitation, rather than a recommendation, an invitation to just play, to see what, what happens if I do one person for six months, what happens if I do everyone in my family every morning, what happens if I work with a difficult person with compassion and so on. Well, the real question is, I guess, that I've been practicing you know, about 12 years and, mm-hmm. you know, over that time, the um, individuals in the benefactor categories have passed. Mm-hmm. And that's really, um, it uh, brings up a lot for me still. Mm-hmm. So I forgot to check, can people hear the question okay? No, so the question was around, if I can paraphrase, this person was saying they've been doing metta practice for about 12 years and several of the benefactors have passed. And they said how this brings up a lot and I wasn't sure if this brings up a lot of grief or a lot of appreciation or that. So it brings up a lot of both appreciation and grief. And then there was the wanting to hedge one's bets. Could you say a little more about what you mean by that? It's it sounds you know, for for me the definition of what works is is it helping me to stay connected to the heart qualities? Is it helping them to grow? Are they balanced by wisdom? That's the for me the frame of reference. So how you actually get there, from my perspective, is less important than just this trying things and, and seeing. 
And so, you know, maybe we can audition some new benefactors. <laughs> or find, because all of us have a range of qualities and everyone in our lives have a similar range, we can orient to the benefactor capacity in our partner or the benefactor capacity in our kids or our pets or we can make a choice to incline the heart-mind to connect with what in that person is beneficial or supportive rather than think I have to have one person who is the benefactor with a capital B forever and ever. So just perhaps another way of, of playing with it. Is that getting in the... Okay, thank you. Yeah. How, how then do you incorporate this aspect of developing um, attention if we're kind of free to explore... There also does seem to be something important in mm -hmm. the repetition or, you know, the even kind of when you don't want to or when you're getting bored. Thank you. That's a very powerful question. The question was, what about this quality of sustaining the attention and the, the sort of the discipline in a way, my words now, of coming back to the same phrases? I'm thinking, you know, on a retreat when we're doing this formal practice like that, yes, the invitation is to keep coming back to um, particular phrases to help strengthen that stability of attention. In daily life, most of us don't have the conditions that support the development of calm and concentration to the same extent. So I, for myself, I make a distinction between daily life practice and the kind of formal retreat practice that we're doing now. So yeah, it, it is very helpful, as I hope you've all been finding, to just keep coming back, just keep coming back. And that does help the attention to stabilize and center. Does that make sense? Thanks. At the back. Um, I really like this one. So I'll just check if I understood the the question that you were working with an image for of a particular child yeah. and using that to re replenish yeah, recharge. to recharge. So there was and then there was some concern that you might run out of the yeah, juice. You you. Great. <clears throat> so I gave the option of either having a generic image or a particular child, just to see which one works better for you. And maybe a generic baby, a sort of an archetypal baby, the innocence, maybe that's more sustainable. But again, just, just to see. Yeah. And 
you know, you're, you're kind of receiving that metta from the image, but in the radiating, you're also giving it back because we're making it universal. So if you want to play with the idea of it, you're also recharging that being. So it's really an energy of offering, receiving, giving and receiving. And because it's boundless, it doesn't ultimately um, go dry. Yes, potentially. So the image of the sun going through a magnifying glass and, yeah, that concentrated strength. Thank you. Beautiful. Yeah. So the question was, the person's been working with some like different phases of your life and offering metta to them, to yourself at different stages. Are you experiencing some sense of overwhelm? So maybe just naturally, after having worked through these different ages, you just land in a way on right here, right now, this being, and then stay here for a while. So as this person was saying, to help the stability and the calm to, to really develop with that simplicity of just here, just now, this being in this moment, May you be well, may you be safe, and so on. Does that make sense? Yeah, thank you. There was one or two of you. Um, yeah. I had a question about the difference between metta and mudita. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was working, I was trying to picture like, an animal, so I was picturing a cat, and when I was picturing it in pain, that I was mostly feeling like compassion, like Mm-hmm. And, like, really pleasant. I was feeling more like, yeah, great, mm-hmm. enjoying your pleasure. And neither of us really felt like metta. Mm-hmm. And when I was trying to extend it out, I, I wasn't sure if I was really sending like the right energy. Whatever it was, it sounded like skillful energy. <laughs> but yeah, what you're pointing to is perhaps how these different qualities of the heart, they just naturally shade over into different flavors of love. So metta traditionally is the foundation of them, but as you're pointing to, when metta encounters what's difficult, it flowers as compassion. And when it encounters what's going well or happiness, it flowers as mudita. So just, my tendency is to go with the flow. If it's naturally emerging, and it has this flavor that's uh, wholesome and skillful. 
whether it's technically metta or mudita or compassion. We can figure that out later, but if it's happening, you know, just just go with it. That's my personal take. Okay. I had a really hard time with this particular practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know that I've been, you know, when I first learned the other practice, <laughs> I've had a hard time with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess my question is, is, is it important to develop the ability to do both? Um, because I, I just, I, I kind of, I couldn't come up with an image that worked, and mm-hmm. then I just, you know, blanked out for the rest of it. Um, then drop it. <laughs> You know, Oran and I had quite a lot of discussion about do we just stick with the the relative rigor of one method and the the simplicity of that, or do we offer this other method just for the benefit of people who perhaps at times are struggling with the phrases. You know, we all have different minds, different heart capacities, and at different times also in the retreat, sometimes this method might be more accessible for some people. Totally don't sweat it. If it's not working, forget about it and stay with what's going well for you. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. At the back now. Oh, sorry. Uh, mudita is appreciative joy. So it's the third of the four Brahmavihara qualities. Kindness, compassion, joy, equanimity. Thank you. Yeah. I have a question about dealing with irritation with this, because mm-hmm. this sit, I've just been really irritated for no mm-hmm. particular reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and similar to someone else's questions earlier about when to use mindfulness to just notice that's something there versus when to do a mini intervention with the <coughs> mm-hmm. um, And I'm not sure because I was just like holding on to this irritation for this half hour. Mm-hmm. and like, okay, irritation, irritation, irritation is present. And I try to throw some love behind <laughs> it. And I'm like, nope, not working, irritation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never know if I should just let things be as they are or to try to not make myself feel better, but try to throw meta at it. Mm. So the question is around experiencing irritation for the last half an hour and whether to try and stay with it with mindfulness or to apply an antidote of throwing loving kindness at it and finding that wasn't working noticing irritation 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 (laughs) okay so maybe to again come down into the body and explore a little bit what is this thing called irritation how do I know that this irritation what does it feel like in the body? What does it feel like in the heart? What does it feel like in the mind? What are the thoughts associated with it? Can I make a bigger container for all of that? So I'm befriending in a way, without trying to apply meta to it, but I am befriending that unpleasant energy. Not with the intention of making it go away, but with genuine interest and acceptance. Okay, this is what's arisen right now. This is what's true right now. What is this? 
That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I did that a little with dropping to the body. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is heat. This is tension. Mm -hmm. This is tightness. Mm -hmm. This is contraction. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's just stayed that way. And So was there a sense it should go away? Yeah, there must be a judgment behind it. Like yeah. The second arrow. Yeah, yeah. so that's... So then the question is, in doing that, the person became aware of, you know, on some level, this wanting it to go away or that it shouldn't be there, so the judgment. So as they were pointing out, this is the extra unnecessary, well, not unnecessary, but optional, you could say, um, reaction to the reaction to the reaction. And so that's very powerful insight practice to be able to see what are we adding to the raw data of our experience that may or may not be helpful? Sounds like powerful practice, even if it wasn't glowing, radiating metta, it was still a half hour well spent from my perspective. Yeah. For yours, at least for yours. Yes, thank you. For mine, it's all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. So maybe just one more at the back. Elation? It was this method's like way easier because for me because I kind of feel lucky that I can kind of always turn on my heart blood or whatever. Mm. But um, then I it was also sort of tentative. Like I also felt and I've heard so many people say, Is that okay? You know? Mm -hmm. Wondering about the yeah, wondering about what seems to be. And how to meet that need for approval, permission, and so on with kindness, because it is so much for many of us part of our cultural and our social and our family conditioning. So this is the terrain of the practice too, is revealing all of those more deep-seated conditionings and meeting them with kindness. Okay, thank you for being willing to um, explore and if it wasn't useful, Apologies, let it go. <laughs> if it was, great. And we'll see you back here at 7.30 for the talk. Thank you again. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.